Doctor! Brigadier! You've got to let me through! Let him pass, that's an order. Mike, why aren't you guarding the Master? Because he's not there, sir. Helicopters came to the complex just after the Doctor left. There were men with weapons. They entered the bunker. They released the Master. I knew it! Now, Brigadier, we must organize a search. No need, Doctor. Squad, enter and surround. Civilians, keep still. Unit soldiers, hands away from your weapons. As you can see, I am already here. goes to show that a leopard doesn't change his spots. I beg your pardon, Doctor? Oh, come off it, man. You're the one behind all this, just as I thought. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Doctor, but as you see, I'm as much under guard as you are. Doctor, he could be telling the truth. Those guards are aiming their weapons at him. Uh, well spotted, Professor. These ruffians are not in my employ. Then do you mind telling me whose men they are? They are mine, Brigadier. It's... wait a moment. That's Jeremy Thorpe. It's the Prime Minister. At your service, my dear. But I don't believe we need to prolong this unpleasantness any longer. Mr. Jackson? Yes, Prime Minister. Have the men stand down. If we're all going to work together, we should establish some trust. Very good, sir. You heard the Prime Minister. Holster your weapons. Sir! Yes, sir! I feel calmer already. But I must say, you look surprised to see me, Doctor. As do you, Brigadier. I am more than surprised, Prime Minister. What are you doing here, sir? My intention should be obvious by now, Lethbridge Stewart. I'm here to deal with the current situation. And the Master? Why have you brought him? It is the government's opinion that he can help us solve this crisis. It would be foolish not to use his expertise in these matters. It's as I told you, Doctor. It's in my best interests to help. So, here I am, ready to assist. Prime Minister, I must urge you to reconsider involving the Master. Yes, sir, I must protest. This man cannot be trusted. Lethbridge Stewart, members of my cabinet are often telling me the same thing about the Doctor. When we learned about the alien device the Doctor found, a device by his own admission from his home world, those same ministers advised me to bring the Doctor to Downing Street for interrogation. But I refused them. So really, you should be thanking me you have the Doctor to help you at all. Just a moment. Sarah Jane Smith, journalist for the Metropolitan. Prime Minister, how did you know the Doctor had an alien device? Yes. Well, I'd rather like to know the answer to that myself. Given the presence of my men, can we assume everything said here is off the record, Miss Smith? I have nothing particularly against the Metropolitan, but I'm not about to give them an exclusive on this. Oh well, it was worth a shot. Go on then, off the record. How did you know? 
It's perfectly simple. This is a government-funded research center. Therefore, its activities are under constant close surveillance. We have eyes and ears everywhere in this building, Doctor. What? I am the director of this center. Why wasn't I informed? It was neat to know, Professor Shaw. And quite simply, you didn't. But with respect, sir, why have you recruited this miscreant? Another simple answer, Brigadier. When I learned from my contacts that the doctor was going to Eastchester, I assumed it was to see if the master would help. Now, it hardly takes a political genius to understand that these two are locked in some absurd power struggle, and that the master wouldn't help the doctor without being given his freedom in return. When the doctor left the prison without the master, I further assumed he had once more proven unwilling to meet the master's terms. Yes. Yes, I was, wasn't I? And so, Mr. Thorpe, you decided that you were willing to accept them in my place. It must be very nice for you, Master, to have a new friend in a very high place. The offer of freedom given by the highest authority in the land. How could I refuse? Oh, come now. What did you do? Did you hypnotize him? Make the Prime Minister of Great Britain your willing acolyte? <laughs> An appealing idea, Doctor, but one which revealed your own moral pomposity. Not everyone in the universe believes as you do. Not everyone who does a thing with which you disagree has had to be coerced. I'm sorry to break it to you, Doctor, but you are not king of the universe. You do not have a monopoly on idealism. Mr. Thorpe is no more my slave than... Well, then I am yours. Hmm. We'll see. That was an earth tremor! Doctor, there's no more time to argue. This planet is tearing itself apart! All right. But if you step out of line... Yes, yes, back to my dungeon I go. Why else do you think Mr. Thorpe brought his own private army? Now, we must hurry. I'm sure the solution lies with the remote override circuit. Yes. This all started when I have removed it from the SSS computers. Reintegrating it into that system just might end it. And the computer controls? This way. Professor Shaw, get everyone out of here now. Try and lead the staff to the shelters. Right, Professor. Everyone follow my lead. Move. Everyone get to your assigned shelters. I shall go back to fetch Professor Shaw and then join you. This is Sleipnir. The situation is deteriorating. I'm returning to report the current developments. Prepare for my arrival. Squad, wait outside. 
If anybody tries to enter the laboratory, stop them. Minimum force is only authorised at this time. Prime Minister, I suggest you take shelter with the others. I am touched by your concern for my safety, Lethbridge Stewart, but we shall remain here. As head of the government, I must face any danger that threatens the nation. Your guards, at least, should seek protection, sir. It is our duty to protect the Prime Minister at all times and costs, Brigadier. Where he goes, we go. Where he stays, we stay. Very well. For now. Humans and their capacity for heroics. So sacrificial. Now, which was the computer where you found the override, Doctor? Uh, it's right here. I'll just remove the panel. Ah! Doctor! Are you alright? Yes, Sarah Jane. I'm just a little shocked, that's all. But that energy inside the casing! What is it? It's some kind of force field protecting the inner circuits. And a rather volatile one at that. So what does it mean, Doctor? It means, Sergeant, that whoever is trying to take control of this system is clever enough to devise very dangerous ways to keep us from stopping them. Then you can't actually touch the computer circuits? Not without difficulty, no. But if we can trace the source of the energy transmissions, we might be able to interrupt the signal and regain control. Excellent idea, but with this force field active, we can't access the system's deep space monitors. Sir, there is the tracking equipment in the temporary HQ. Good thinking, Benton. Yates, you go and... Uh... It's all right, Brigadier. I... I can wait in the lobby. Not really, Yates. That won't be... No, sir. I'll stay out of Unit's way. Benton, organize the monitor personnel, will you? Yes, sir. Right away, sir. And tell them to look out for anything that's emitting energies greater than 100 electrovolts. If that's too hard to explain, just look for the sharpest lines on the screen. There's a good fellow. Doctor, our efforts to locate the source of these transmissions will be for naught if we have no defense prepared. Well, we are in one of the foremost scientific research centers in the country, you know. Quite so. And all the scientists have abandoned their experimental equipment. <laughs> Time to cannibalize, I think. Ah, after you, my dear chap. Sergeant Benton, we found it. Oh, thank goodness. Great work. What can you tell us? Range, 7.4 billion kilometers. That's the edge of the solar system. Energy, 20 megavolts. That's impossible. What's the matter? Frequency, 2,250 hertz. Wavelength, 0.3 picometers. Sergeant, whatever this signal is, it's much more dangerous than we realized. Right. I'm radio in the Brigadier. You're going to have to repeat everything you just told me. Frequency 2250 hertz, wavelength 
7.3 picometers. Oh, and what was the range, Benton? 7.4 billion kilometers, right. Good work, Benton. Keep monitoring until you hear from me. Over and out. Well, Doctor? What I think, Brigadier, is that we're dealing with something far from your little corner of the cosmos. In fact, I think someone's weaponizing the CMB spectrum. The CMB spectrum? Oh, you explain it to him, Liz. I'm far too busy here. Uh, pass me the frequency alternator, Master, if you'd be so kind. Of course, Doctor. Well, Miss Shaw? CMB stands for Cosmic Microwave Background Radiation, or Relic Radiation. It's energy that's left over from the beginning of the universe. It's found at such great distances from the Earth that it's relatively harmless. But its properties are so exotic and unexplored that in theory, if you harnessed and directed them, they could be used as a terrible weapon. If these readings are true, then that's what's happening now. So this CMB radiation, if it keeps blanketing the Earth, how bad will it become? Oh, my dear Miss Smith, if that energy isn't stopped, it won't just kill us all. It will disintegrate the entire planet. Well, then we must do something. Brigadier, we are doing something, and very quickly. Just be patient, dear chap, and you'll see what. Ah, uh, if that's the case, I think I'll be more useful at the local HQ. Would you care to join me, Prime Minister? Yes. Yes, Brigadier. It'll give me a chance to see unit operations more closely. But my men should remain here to watch the Master. A man after my own heart, sir. Doctor, we'll be in the HQ. If you have anything to report, use my radio. Here. Ah, uh, thank you, Lethbridge Stewart. We won't keep you waiting. Very good, Doctor. Prime Minister, if you please. Yes, Sarah Jane. You ought to go with them. We are building some very sensitive equipment here, after all. Doctor, I don't like being kept in the dark, remember? You can't just pat me on the head and pack me off when things get dangerous. Quite. And I help to design most of the machinery in this lab. Surely I can help you construct this... whatever it is you're making. No, Liz. Not this time. This is far beyond even your expertise. Although if you are eager to assist, Miss Shaw, you could always blew us some tea. If you've never done so before, I'm sure Miss Smith can help you. Now you wait just a moment! I don't care if you're friends with the Prime Minister, if you think you can just breeze through here and treat us like servants. The high-handed, dismissive, arrogant... Who does he think he is? Compared to us, the Master probably considers himself one of the better class of gods. He's nothing of the sort. He's a miserable, conceited, sexist oaf in an unimaginative outfit. He's not too different from many of the scientists I know. Or probably many of the journalists you know, to be fair. Of course, the difference is the Master will just as easily see you dead. Call that a difference, you've never met my editor. So you know the Master, then? Mostly by reputation, and the stories the doctors told me over the years since I came back to Cambridge. 
The one thing I know for certain is if the master's ever involved, then things are deadlier than any radiation. I hope the doctor knows what he's doing working with him then. You and me both, sister. Now tell me, what's been happening? Well, Doctor? Hmm? Oh, yes, of course. I'm nearly finished. I can see that. I mean, had you no theory on how this little trinket from home ended up wired into Miss Shaw's computer? Well, I imagine it was put there by whoever has been in the CME radiation towards this planet. And once we block the signal, I intend to pilot the TARDIS and discover who or what that may be. After all we know, could be the same force that destroyed your own TARDIS. Yes, I have considered that possibility. Such a force will have tremendous power. Are you ready to face such a threat? My dear chap, I'm ready to face any threat. Ah, Doctor, you are an eternal optimist. Yes, well, in this cosmos, someone has to be. Of course, the battlefields of this cosmos are littered with the bodies of disappointed optimists. And of hard-hearted cynics like you as well. <laughs> you know, I must admit, Doctor, I'm enjoying myself immensely. Oh? Even with me for company? Especially with you for company. Doctor, you must understand that you are the one being in all reality that I enjoy seeing. And it has been quite a while since we've had a proper chance to engage in good conversation. Well, considering our previous conversations have tended to end with your wittiest death threats, I think it's best if we don't chat on this occasion. Don't you? Ah, yes, I understand. Every conversation must reach its conclusion, even ours. And yet, even now, I almost regret that it must end. You make our game so enjoyable, Doctor. Our game? <laughs> I hardly think that what we've experienced together qualifies as a game. You did come here to kill me, after all, my dear fellow. Now come, come, Doctor. One can play a game for any stakes. Treasure, power, revenge. All that matters is that one plays the game, and that one wins. Is winning really so important to you? Careful, Doctor. Your hypocrisy is showing. Of course it's important. Every game is pointless without a winner and a loser. And that applies just as much to you as to any of the rest of us poor, flawed creatures. You've always had a gift for martyrdom, Doctor. But I've seen you stack the deck a hundred times and put it down to luck. And you always want to escape in the final reel, whoever else is lost in the apocalypse. So please, no lectures on the nobility of losing. It simply doesn't suit you. Eureka! It's working! I consider that a goal well achieved, don't you? Indeed. Let's hope there's no teething trouble. Will you inform the Brigadier? I've never quite understood why, but he seems to dislike me. Hello? Hello? Brigadier, are you there? I had news. Lethbridge Stewart here. You've got your new gadget working, Doctor? Well, Lethbridge Stewart, is it good news? Splendid, Doctor. I'm heading over now. 
Yes, Prime Minister, it's good news. The Doctor says he has a working machine that can stop whatever's attacking the Earth. I'm just going back to Professor Shaw's lab. Excellent. I'll lead the way. <sighs> Politicians. Always there when you least expect them, never there when you need them. Benson? Yes, sir? Keep an eye on the radiation signal. If anything changes... You'll be the first to know, sir. Brigadier? Miss Smith, for sure. The doctor says he's ready. Then we're ready too. Coming, Sarah Jane? No need to ask me twice, Liz. And it's about time, too. Hello, everyone. You're just in time. But what is it you've made, Doctor? And since you're using some of my best equipment, I hope it works. Allow me, Doctor. By all means. Thank you. I assure you, Miss Shaw, that this machine is worth the improvements we've wrought upon your designs. You see, this device is our own version of the remote override circuit the Doctor discovered. When activated, it will be able to access the defensive capabilities of the SSS network. With those satellites under our control, we can generate a counter-signal to block the CMB radiation bombarding the planet. Sounds like you have it all worked out. And what happens after? What happens, Sarah, is that you and I fetch the TARDIS and go on a journey to meet our would-be attackers. Maybe then we'll have a chance to make sense of all this. Right, well the parts of that that weren't incomprehensible gibberish actually sounded like a sensible plan. When do you start? <laughs> I already have, Brigadier. Three minutes to activation. Keep a close watch on the water levels. We'll do our best, but it sounds not tricky for Bolton. If I see no act, I'll let you know. Well, if it starts to flood over there, leave the giraffes to fend for themselves and pack up the doctor's lab in a hurry. Be safe and keep us posted. Over and out. Sergeant Benton? Yes, Captain. What can I do for you, Mike? I'm hoping there might be something I can do to help you lot. Waiting around with nothing to do is proving harder than I thought. I'm sorry, Mike, but you know how it is. You're not a unit anymore, so... Just a moment. That's the proximity detector. What, sir? The proximity detector, Sergeant. On the monitor behind you. It's active. Something's approaching the Earth. Already? We've got to warn HQ and call the Brigadier. Mike, here. Take my radio. Get hold of the brig and tell him what's happening. Right, Sergeant. And thanks. Brigadier? Brigadier, are you receiving? Over. Mike? Mike, what are you doing with this radio? Sir, there's no time to explain, so please listen. Tell the doctor the source of the radiation is now heading towards Earth and will be here in 90 seconds. And sir, it's an invasion fleet.
All right, Mike, you better stick close to Benton. Over and out. Doctor, did you hear that? Yes. And the fleet will reach us before the defense grid will have been activated. I'm afraid that we're going to have to find another way. Then hurry, Doctor! He'll hurry better without your interruptions, girl. Doctor, we must use the force field. No. It's far too great a risk. What other options have we? The closer the fleet gets, the more powerful their radiation stream becomes. We have only seconds now. It's the force field or oblivion. Oh, very well. Help me transfer the energy. Doctor, I must know what you're doing. The only thing we can do is... Use the override to transfer the force field, walking the computer controls to the SSS satellite network. And then... Transfer initiate. Everyone, get down! Doctor, are we safe? <coughs> yes. For now. So, the transference was a success? Yes, Prime Minister, a complete success. Thanks to our improvised override machine, there is now a geosynchronous force field of immense strength generating through the SSS satellite network and enveloping this entire planet. Then we are safe. It's over. Not quite, I'm afraid. We're only safe from immediate destruction, Prime Minister. The force field now surrounding this planet is blocking any more radiation from depolarizing the Earth's magnetic field. But it's also trapping the radiation that's already reached the planet. And that's still a problem? Most assuredly, Miss Smith. With your world already awash in so much ambient radiation, the CMB frequencies will distort enough so as to pose no further geological threat but those distortions will very quickly become a potent biological concern. You mean? Yes, Professor. Once the distortions are complete, this planet will drown in enough fallout radiation to equal the detonation of one billion atomic bombs. I begin to see why you like it here, Doctor. Apart from the company, it's terribly invigorating. How long do we have? Approximately 36 hours, Brigadier. Then the apocalypse begins. Well, we still have the TARDIS, Doctor. Like you said, we can find a way to get up there and disable the fleet. Then we can lower the force field and disperse the radiation. Oh dear. Will you tell her the bitter truth, Doctor, or must I? I'm sorry, everyone, but we can't use the TARDIS. At least, not right away. 
This override device that I've rigged up uses the original circuit I discovered hidden in this computer as a power source. Like the TARDIS, that circuit was constructed by my people, and therefore produces an energy field that can interfere with my ship's functions. The force field surrounding the Earth draws on that same power, and that means that the TARDIS can't pass the barrier. But don't worry, I can effect some quick modifications to the TARDIS's systems, and then... Brigadier! Brigadier, please respond! Yes, Mike, what is it? There's trouble, sir. There's a ship entering the Earth's atmosphere. Its radar markings are the same as the attacking fleet. What? But the force field? It must be an advance ship, sent ahead of the others, and it managed to reach the planet before the force field was erected. It's likely they have the same weaponry as the other fleet ships. Then it could blast us with more of that radiation. We must track its course, Brigadier. Can't we do that from here? This is a satellite monitoring station, after all. Sarah, you're a genius. And with the force field transferred to the satellites, our computer control should be functional again. Right. Get on it, Liz. We've got to pinpoint exactly where this ship is going to land, and any other details your monitors can clarify about our visitors. I understand, Doctor. Oh no. The force field energy has drained the computer systems. I can reroute power from other generators, but it'll take a minute. Then start now, Miss Shaw. Your accuracy will be of paramount importance. The fate of the world may depend on it. No pressure, then. Right. Power. Rerouting. Compute controls. Restarting. Tracking systems will be up and running in five seconds. Tracking systems active. I'm tracking the object now. I have its entry angle, speed, calculating landing positions. I've got it. Where is it, Liz? About 40 miles northwest of here. I have the exact coordinates here. That's empty country. If the ship's landed there, then it must know it's cut off from the rest of the fleet. Agreed. It could be waiting to restore communications with the other ships. So we may have time to act. Good work, Liz. Well, Doctor, we must find that ship. I agree. It's our best chance of getting answers. Now look. If I can get on board and have access to their systems, I might even be able to find a way to use them that assemble the rest of the fleet. If I may interject, gentlemen, we may only be dealing with one ship, but it's part of a force that's capable of crossing the length of your solar system in mere minutes. And if they are the same beings who destroyed my TARDIS, then they are a force you cannot possibly afford to treat lightly. Therefore, I suggest, Brigadier, that you assemble the full strength of your troops. We are likely heading into battle. Doctor? Hmm. It pains me to say it. The master is correct. It seems clear that their intentions are hostile. We must be ready for the worst. I agree. And it's an order that I am prepared to give. Then we begin. Greyhound 1 to all traps. Greyhound 1 to all traps. All traps respond. Receiving. Yes, sir. All traps, code black. I repeat, code black. All personnel are to gather at the Cedric Center in 30 minutes. Repeat, 30 minutes. You will receive new orders upon arrival. Greyhound 1, over and out. Well done, Brigadier. Most rousing summons. 
Not quite St. Crispin's Day, perhaps, but very effective nonetheless. Thank you, Doctor. Now I'm off to brief my men. And my men and I will join you, Lethbridge Stewart. Since this is a code black scenario, you'll need all the men and firepower you can find. Understood, sir. We'll meet at the temporary HQ. Uh, just a moment. Brigadier, what's a code black scenario? A proportional response, Miss Smith. To an act of war. Blimey, Doctor. I've heard of an Indian summer, but an Arctic summer's a new one on me. Where's all this snow coming from? It's another effect of the CB radiation on the Earth's weather patterns. It's why I've attached Bessie's weather top. Now, we can only expect things to get worse, so you'd better bundle up. Right, Doctor. I'm off. By the way, I made sure Osgood loaded the cargo you wanted in the back of my lorry. For whom will you want that, I've no idea. See you later. Ready, Doctor. I've sent the communication staff back to the main HQ. All my combat troops are on standby, and the Prime Minister and his guards are loaded into their vehicles. Now, what to do with the Master? It seems I'm riding with you, Brigadier. The Doctor wants me close at all times. I'm almost touched. Oh, very well. Go to Miss Shaw and Miss Smith. Ho-ho, <laughs> we're coming with you lot, Brigadier. Now, really, ladies, you can't... You can't afford to waste time arguing, Brigadier. And last time I checked, I'm not with UNIT anymore, so you can hardly order me to do anything. Face it, Brigadier, you're stuck with us. And you might just appreciate our company. Look, Brigadier, on the front steps. It's Mike. I just want to wish you all a safe journey, and good luck with saving the world. Mike, this could be a very dangerous mission. We could use a man with your experience. Thank you, sir. I'll ride with Benton, if I may. Good man. Company, forward. Would you like a blanket, Mike? 
It's getting to be pretty cocky in here. Yes, Sergeant. That would be wonderful to have. Yeah, take this one. Thanks. So, how was it? You know, being away from Unit, Civvy Street and all that? It's a fine life. Much simpler, really, than the Army. And certainly simpler than Unit. I have more time to read, to paint and walk. I do a lot of walking now, when I'm not on duty at East Chester. Yes, it's a fine life. A fine, normal life. But it's not the life I would have chosen, had I made better choices. Yeah, well, choices are all we have sometimes. I know. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry for everything that happened. For Operation Golden Age, and what I did to you, the Brigadier and the Doctor. I'm sorry. It's alright, sir. You're here after all. And maybe this time we can go a little way to putting things right. Yes. Yes. We might just. very good of you to bring Mike to help you, Brigadier. I can tell he misses being there with Unit. Goodness, even I miss it sometimes. But he needs it. It's who he is. Well, when needs must, Miss Shaw. But when this is over, he can't stay. Not after what happened. What he did. But Mike Yates, the golden boy of Unit turned traitor. That I just can't believe. I wish I didn't have to believe it, Liz, but I'm afraid it's true. One moment he was Captain Yates, and the next he was helping to wipe out humanity. Yes, and bring about some wretched golden age. I don't want to believe it either, but I was there when he betrayed us. But why? For what? Some French cabal of ministers, military fogies, no offence, Brigadier, Scientists and intellectuals bent on purifying the world's ecology through time travel. That sounds like something I might join, but not Mike. He was never that imaginative. Mike did mention something about being brainwashed by global chemicals and being brought back to his senses somehow. Could that have had something to do with it? He told me how he began to see things differently after. Yes, the Doctor used some type of crystal or jewel to break the trance. Nearly entranced me at the same time. He can explain it better than I can. Well, it all sounds to me like Mike may have been stuck in a form of waking somnambulism. Somnambu what? I think it's a type of sleepwalking while awake, Miss Smith. Brigadier, you're a genius. I'm not ignorant in all things other than military procedure, Miss Shaw. Besides, working with a doctor tends to broaden the mind. And I will admit that this conversation is giving me a different perspective on Mike and what may have happened. Well, you know what they say. Two heads are better than one, three are better still. Especially feminine heads. I might agree, just as long as you don't forget to listen to the men once in a while. Of course, Brigadier. You're a fine speaker. Human conversation. So infantile. I don't know how you endured it for so long during your exile, Doctor. I admit that the topics can be a bit rudimentary, but the people themselves... Sometimes they can be quite extraordinary. Only you'd think so, Doctor. Stop here, Doctor. 
Yes, I feel it too. Yeah, these are the correct coordinates. I'll signal the caravan. This snow and fog, I'll have to fire a flare. Is there any sign of the aliens or their ship? I don't like it here, Prime Minister. This area is far too exposed. And with this weather and low visibility, anything could happen. Then I suggest the Marshal and I should scout ahead. Uh, we can move faster. The cold won't affect us. To have the chance to hunt aliens with you, Doctor, I'm honored. Are you quite sure about this, Doctor? If you should be alone with him... Then he should consider himself at equal risk. Caught alone with me. Uh, shall we give over, my dear fellow? As you wish. The extraordinary man, the doctor. Yes, Prime Minister. In more ways and on more occasions than I can count. Do you think Unit relies on the doctor, Lethbridge Stewart? Relies? No, no, I don't think so, sir. We value the doctor, his resourcefulness, and his intellect. But Unit doesn't rely on him. He wouldn't dream of it, and nor would I. But we definitely appreciate his help. And yet you still disapprove of my asking the Master to help us? They are both from the same race of beings. They both offer their experience, their brilliance. Is it really so different from working with the Doctor? Well, the Master is an entirely different sort to the Doctor, sir. I realize you weren't quite so senior when he began causing problems, but in all my years of soldiering, both regular and with unit, I've never met a more callous individual. I understand your concerns, Brigadier, believe me. It's just that sometimes, from the perspective of someone like myself, someone outside of UNIT, the Doctor's actions, his choices, even his morality, seem very unpredictable. Very, well, very alien. Which is what he is, after all. As is the Master. From that point of view, how are the Doctor and the Master any different? Well, the main difference, Prime Minister, is that the Doctor has never tried to destroy the planet I was standing on or exterminate my species. The Doctor might be an alien, but he'd give his life willingly if he didn't need a rose to save the Earth. And I've never had cause to doubt him. The Master might be brilliant, but while you're watching his every move, he'll steal your watch, turn it into a death ray, and point it at the people you care for. I know which alien I'd trust in a pinch, so. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation, Brigadier, and very enlightening. I'm simply offering my assessment of the two men, sir, based on my experience, of course. And of course. And it's good to learn from our experiences and to know where our loyalties lie.
so wondrously beautiful. What is, Doctor? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Everything on this world is so endlessly beautiful. Are you quite all right, Doctor? Of course I'm all right. Look round you. Can't you see the marvels of planet? The wonders all around you? And even now, even as time slips away and this planet tips towards death, there is still such beauty here. Beauty, Doctor? On this miserable mud ball with its insufferable primitives, I don't know what you see here that's so wonderful. It's all just pitiful and utterly unremarkable. Why you decide to remain here so often, even after your exile has ended, is completely beyond my comprehension. Maybe that's your trouble. You don't comprehend. You don't see. And you don't hear. Wait. You hear that? Yes, I hear it. Something moving. I think that whatever we're looking for has already found us. Exterminate! 